welcome to a new episode of The Max. Thanks for listening. If you're on the podcast app, thanks for watching. If you're on the YouTube channel, it's me, Maggie Davis, joined today, as always, by Jack Pilgrim and Zach Gagan. We've got a basketball-heavy episode today. We're so excited about it. Before we get into that, how are you all doing? Jack is down there with another Gamer Boy setup. How does your audio sound today, Jack? Uh, angelic, as always. How are you guys doing today? Man, you sound so good. I know. It's really irritating that we can't sound as good as him on this podcast. I'm going to get my mic after this. After this episode ends, I will go to a Best Buy and purchase one. One I don't think I realized how bad it was. Like, I don't think I realized how big the difference was until I started listening back to some of the podcasts. And I was like, ooh, I do not. My sound quality is not good. Yeah, I can make solos for you guys if you want. Like, I can, you know, have little singing segments if if that's what you prefer outside of my sports, sports talk, sports knowledge, I can, I can also uh, be a versatile singer as well. Right. I just, I honestly sincerely doubt that. Um, yeah, I just don't believe you. Maybe one day you'll know. I'll just I break out in a song. It'd be, like, it'd be like KSR the musical. KS musical. KS radio. Wait, there there you go. Go. That's <laughs> what we already are. K- KSR. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Wait. It'd be brilliant. K- Wait, Kentucky. We're already KS Radio. Sports Radio. Man, Maggie, you already have the uh, like the apparel to go with it. Well, Wait, you, no. Where'd you get that? This was my very first present from KSR. I got this my first year writing for the website. I was a freshman in college at UK. I got it for Christmas. I had to go pick it up from Kentucky Branded, and it was great. And I was just a little unpaid intern. Should we talk about how Maggie got white privileged into KSR? What? <laughs> or should we just avoid that that conversation yeah. that we had in the text? No, I don't recall no. that conversation. And of course, you don't. She never re- she she never wrote a thing in her life before, and then just That's- hey, a lamplighter, bro. Don't disrespect the lamplighter. Yeah, I'm sorry that I was editor in chief of a newspaper and a sports editor of a newspaper. So nerd. Okay, whatever. Anyway, let's talk about some basketball, shall we? Are you all ready to actually uh, do something? Yeah. On delay. Well, I think we should start by saying it was, you know, a tough week because Kentucky lost Dwayne Peavy, obviously. We sort of knew that was coming, but he made things official, becoming the new athletic director at DePaul. Um, I don't know a whole lot about DePaul athletics, but I do like that school a lot. Chicago is an awesome city, uh, so I wish him the best there. But I know Kentucky will miss him. Um, but then also things, you know, became official finally with Bruiser Flynn. That's another thing we've been hearing about now for several weeks. Uh, we talked about it, you know, uh, more at length last week. But now that things are official, we wanted to bring it back up. But then there's also news about Jay Lucas. And we really talked about him last week because we were like, this has been going on for so long. This started off when he was a recruit trying to decide where he wanted to go to college. KSR really got its start because of Jay Lucas. And all of us, you know, we're still little babies trying to figure out who Jay Lucas was. Um, and now it really looks like, right. And now it really looks like he will be joining Kentucky staff um, in sort of an off the court role. Uh, and I know Jack has really dug into this, done his research, done some homework. He's, he's feeling prepared and, and you've got the information, Jack. So what do you know about this position? What will be his responsibilities, assuming that all of this becomes official sometime in the next couple of days? So when the rumors started spreading that Jay Lucas was a legitimate possibility, not just like, oh, man, it'd be kind of interesting to have, 
you know, that familiar name come back when it became apparent that this was like a legitimate thing, the Texas side of things, the, um, you know, the, their athletic department confirmed that Kentucky had been in regular contact. Um, you know, this has been several weeks in the making. A, a, an offer was on the table, roughly $350,000 per year. Um, you know, the, when we started to get past the preliminary stuff, everybody started kind of asking that same question. Why is Jay Lucas, who has established himself as one of the best up-and-coming recruiters in college basketball, a full-time assistant on the Texas basketball bench, leaving to go in an off-campus or an off-court role where he will not be able to be on the road recruiting, where he will not be on the bench at Kentucky games? What's the point? outside of a raise, which, I mean, I know money talks in a lot of aspects. And, you know, I mean, it's obvious it's a $100,000-plus raise from what he was making before. So, I mean, that side of things makes sense. That's crazy, especially like you just said. I mean, he's a full-time assistant who's at the games, on the bench, doing all that, and and this would be only off the court. And to to make that much of a jump financially is wild. Yeah, it – that in itself – I mean, money talks. That that in itself speaks for itself. But – I was still like, man, there is something else there that that we're all missing. What the heck is it? What what the heck is going on? So I talked to so in the the first things I was hearing that it was going to be a recruiting role that he's going to be 100% dedicated to breaking down film. He's going to be in the back, you know, kind of behind the scenes, setting up recruiting boards and kind of doing you know a lot of the groundwork for the coaching staff as they go on the road, if we even get to that point. Again, there are rumors that we might not even get off-campus recruiting until 2021 at this point. But he's going to be doing a lot of the early legwork for the guys that can be off off, you know, off court and, 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 you know, hit the recruiting trail. But I was like – I talked to – I believe it was Bryce Hopkins' father. He said uh, – you know, I was asking about which coaches were on the virtual visit on the Zoom call with him. And he said it was Coach Cal, Tony Barbie – and then he said Brady Kennedy, and who is Kentucky's recruiting analyst, they have an official job for recruiting analysts that he's been, he's been on the staff for several years, uh, and Rob Harris, who is the strength and conditioning coach, he was also on the call too. And I was like, so even though it's an official call to a recruit, these secondary guys within the coaching staff are legally able to be on the, these Zoom calls, on these virtual visits with, with that. And I was like, I think Kentucky is playing the long game, knowing that there's not going to be any off-campus recruiting at all anyway, knowing that Jay Lucas is going to be able to be on these Zoom calls, and they're going to be able to have John Calipari, uh, Tony Barbie, Joel Justice, Bruiser Flint, and Jay Lucas all in the, uh, all on calls at the exact same time. So I, I reached out to somebody, I think Brandon Ramsey, actually, who writes at KSR, phenomenal job. He does you know some of the red stuff. He does some basketball. Shout out KSR. He, uh, he did a, he kind of laid out what, you know, what a special assistant to the head coach, you know, what that job title would be. And I'm pulling up his tweets right now. Um, and that's kind of what led me on this little, you know, spiel. He said a few key points of information on Jay Lucas position. He will not be allowed to recruit off campus. So AAU high school games, all that. We already knew that going into it. He will not be allowed to call text recruits. They can contact him if the call is not made for recruiting purposes. Uh, he can interact on campus with recruits. He will have the ability to contact recruits directly within five days of, of a scheduled official visit and the day prior to any unofficial visit. Otherwise, he will not have any correspondence with recruits off campus. His role will be to win players and families over during their visit. So it makes total sense. He's an on-campus guy. You got a question? 
Yes. Okay. I have a question because I'm not sure that makes total sense. I mean, in theory it does, but at what point would a recruit be calling an assistant coach for a collegiate basketball team if it is not related to recruiting? I don't understand that one. Uh, I mean, how is that? How is there ever an exception to that? Hey, family. Well, that that too, but also, hey, I'm planning on taking an official visit to this school on this day. What can I do to, you know, in, in terms of, hey, why should I come to Kentucky? It would be, hey, I'm actively planning on this. Can we get something set up is my interpretation of, of that. Is that not related to recruiting? I don't know. But again, I think all of it is a moot point because the NCAA released an updated, like because, like a new COVID, they have like an entire COVID handbook to like, navigate through these these weird times right except for how to actually play games right yeah that also that, that yeah that makes yes. total sense so I, re- <laughs> I reached out to somebody at UK and they and I was like okay I'm missing something here why is it that Kentucky can have Brady Kennedy the recruiting analyst why can they have you know the strength and conditioning coach Rob Harris why can they have these guys on these calls if they're not if non-assistant coaches are, or head coaches are not allowed to be on these calls. And they said, because the NCAA sees it because we are in such unprecedented times as an unofficial visit, virtual visits, virtual calls, zoom calls, all that equals unofficial visit in the NCAA's eyes. So because of that, anything that goes in an, in an unofficial visit and by what you know, Brandon, Brandon was saying, and I've, I, I'm writing a post on KSR. I'm like three, 1300 words deep with the actual like bylaws and like, I mean, I've been reading NCAA lingo and all that. I'm just ready to throw up at this point, but, (laughs) uh, but by law, by rule, if the NCAA views these things as unofficial visits, technically, if UK sets up an unofficial visit, the virtual visit the next day, technically, Jay Lucas could contact these recruits the day before and say, you want to have two virtual visits in a week. Jay Lucas could contact you the day before, talk to you, say, Hey, what's up? You know, be the young hip coach, recruit you to Kentucky. The next day have the virtual call with Jay Lucas on screen with the uh, the rest of the staff next day, you know, have Jay Lucas talk, call you, text you, whatever, then have another virtual visit the next day. UK could theoretically have a, a full week's planned of zoom calls and virtual meetings and all that good stuff and have Jay Lucas be an official recruiter on these calls as if they are unofficial visits. So long story short, Jay Lucas is going to be able to recruit his ass off at Kentucky, especially during COVID right now. And I think the plan is for him to want, you know, after this year wraps up, he's going to take over a full-time assistant role anyway, banking on Joel Justice taking the head coaching job. I think maybe even having like Bruiser Flint slide back in as a special assistant to the coach, let Jay Lucas take over as a full-time assistant. So they found a loophole. We kind of speculated about the last week. According to the NCAA rule book, there is a loophole for Jay Lucas to be a recruiter on this staff. And that's freaking huge. Okay. So question. Okay. And this is just a question that I'm curious about. You kind of answered it there. What happens when uh, this whole coronavirus thing kind of subsides and virtual visits are not necessarily as big a deal as they are right now? Are, are, is UK expecting Joel Justice to move on so they can throw Jay Lucas in there? 
or Bruiser Flint slides over to the special assistant of the head coach, give him another raise, give him $500,000. I mean, again, we're replacing a $900,000 a year salary with Kenny Payne. So UK has money to spend to replace. So as of right now, if you're doing, you know, being exact, if it's $350,000 for, for Jay Lucas, Bruiser's already getting a solid, you know, even if you, if it's, you know, $500,000 a year, you still have an extra $100,000 of spending money, you know, $200,000, however, however they want to divvy it up. There is extra spending money based on the previous budget. And again, coronavirus could screw that all up and, you know, all that. But there is money to be had currently based on what, what well, Kenny so then, so then where do you see, let's say things kind of return to normal here this time next year? What is Jay Lucas's position at UK? He will be a full-time assistant coach at Kentucky. He will be on the recruiting trail. With if Joel Justice isn't isn't taking a head coaching job, which he I mean he interviewed for two this summer. So I mean he you know talking behind the scenes, this is a guy that could that is a you know kind of an up and coming guy that very well could take a you know I think he interviewed for UNC Wilmington this past year a job like that. Um, he could take one of those jobs, but if not, I think UK is prepared to you know, that was part of the deal. Hey, we know things are kind of unorthodox right now. Recruiting is going to be completely different, but let's just get you on campus. We'll have Bruiser be the full-time assistant right now, but you'll still be just as much of a part of it with virtual calls and Zoom calls and all that stuff. And then when we get to that point, let's answer, let's answer that question down the road instead of right now. I think that's what you, UK just wanted to get him on staff right now and recruiting unofficially right away to you know maximize his his talent as a recruiter on the staff would you say it's it's fair to say that jay lucas was brought in as the joel justice replacement or the bruiser flint i, I mean i genuinely think bruiser i mean bruiser's 55 years old i don't think i don't see him ever taking another head coaching job it could be like the what john robick i mean the exact there's there have been rumblings that john robick's been ready to retire that he's kind of on the home stretch you know he's had some personal stuff going on in his life there, there have been there were rumblings that he could he could have retired this past off season. So in that you know that same trajectory with Bruiser, kind of he's he's been you know he's been on the recruiting trail. He's been a head coach. What really is left of him other than just having a fun job with his best friend, making a ton of money at Kentucky? I mean, Good deal. he could he could still I mean he could still watch film. He could still break things down, be on staff with you know, talk to the coach, talk to the coaches, talk to the players, do all that stuff and still make a, a boatload of money on staff and let Jay Lucas be the 31 year old recruiting, you know, guru that he is. That's interesting. There's a ton of coaching changes. I mean, I'm glad that John Robick didn't decide to leave this off season too, because I mean, if you think about just sort of like the way things have progressed over the last couple of weeks with Dwayne PV and, and just, Kenny Payne, obviously, and then all Jay Lucas is coming in. And there have been a lot of changes to that coaching staff. So I'm glad we have a little bit of sort of retention to hang on to. And then we also heard some news about a new recruit that we didn't know a ton about going into it. Jack, maybe you did, but I know Zach and I did not know a lot about Nolan Hickman until news broke that he was signing with Kentucky and he became the first player to sign in the 2021 class. I always thought that that would be Sky Clark. I mean, it seemed like he was sort of on track to become you know, the, the first official signee commitment, whatever you want to call it. And, and that wasn't the case. So I would love to talk a little bit about him. If you all want to dive into to the Nolan Hickman recruitment. <laughs> so Zach, what do you, what do you know about Nolan Hickman? I'm, I I'm not absolutely nothing. I like to think that I am well-versed in the uh, recruiting 
uh, cycle, or at least from what I, I learned from this awesome website and Jack Pilgrim's words. But oh, I, I don't know who the hell this Nolan Hickman is. <laughs> I've never once heard of him before. What was it, Friday or Saturday he committed? Saturday he committed, yeah. Really, I had never. Like, I got the alert on my app, and I, like, I don't know who this is. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought I was missing something, but I guess, I guess not. I, I was in the same boat. I, I mean, I don't even know if I'd really heard of anyone talking about him before. But I think that's what they wanted, right? I mean, I feel like I read something sources say related from the Jack Pilgrim that the coaching staff really kind of wanted him to fly under the radar. Is that right? Did I read that? So he's ranked anywhere from like number 30 overall in the in the 24-7 rankings. And I think he's like 71 in the rivals rankings. I mean, really all over the place. He was a guy that that was going to use this summer, you know, AAU. He, he played on the EYBL circuit with Paolo Bancaro, um, you know, with the Seattle Rotary yeah. on that team. So he there, – there was a connection there. In fact, the reason why this came to fruition is because Kentucky went out to go see Paolo this past spring – I guess it was February. And, you know, they were there to see Paolo. Nolan Hickman scores 36 in front of Coach Cal and Tony Barbie. That leads to – wow, maybe we need to be kind of opening our door to this kid. What do we need to know about this kid? Who is this? And uh, Tony Barbie over the last, I believe he's had an offer for three weeks that nobody had any idea. He'd been working his butt off behind the scenes, you know, kind of establishing a relationship with him, kind of saying, let's keep this under wraps. You know, we, we like you, we want you, you're offered whenever you're ready to jump on it. Let's make this, let's make this a shocking thing. And apparently he was like, you know, he was all for it. He was like, I have no interest in kind of doing the big hat on the table, you know, big commitment ceremony. He was like, I, I almost value the surprise aspect more than, you know, the, than the big, the big ceremony. And, um, or, or trying to be the guy who gets a Kentucky offer. And then all of a sudden offers come in from Duke and Kansas and North Carolina. And so I think that that was sort of an important point there too, is like just because he had this Kentucky offer didn't mean that he was put, posting it everywhere so that these other big schools could sort of come after him as well. So to me, that was a good sign of like, all right, this kid wants to be here. He Great. knows that Kentucky's the school for him and, and he's not interested in, in doing anything with any of these other programs. He just wants to take care of business, sign on the dotted line and come to Lexington. He said yeah. it was a dream school, right? Dream school, yeah. And that, that's kind of what it boiled down to. He was waiting on that offer. He's been, you know, as soon as that it got extended, it was done. It was all about how he was planning on doing this behind the scenes, how long he could keep it si silent. He does these virtual camp. He, he hosts an annual camp with, with young, young kids that he was planning on announcing his commitment on the Sunday. This year it had to be a virtual, virtual camp because, you know, of everything going on. So he was going to announce it on Sunday afternoon originally, uh, but Friday afternoon word started leaking. I mean, pretty, pretty strongly that not necessarily that, that a commitment was like imminent, but that, Kentucky was in a really good spot and that they were like a, a lock, like they were the favorite and it was, and it was going to happen at some point. Predictions as well on Friday night. Well, yeah, the first one was Corey Evans at like eight forty eight PM or something. And then Friday. Uh, on, on Friday and, and tra so Travis saw that he called me, he did a little digging again. I was wrapping up. I, I was working all day that day. Uh, I was, I think that was the same night you, you were working that night as well because that was when uh, Hunter Salas got his offer. You wrote about that, I believe. And then Bryce Hopkins got the offer. I mean, almost instantly afterward, UK had a virtual call with him and all that. So I ended up working more than I like 
even realized because all this recruiting stuff started happening. So I was busy, you know, talking to Bryce Hopkins' dad, and you were writing the Hunter Salas thing. I wrote the uh, Bryce Hopkins earns a Kentucky offer thing. And Travis calls me, and he was like, dude, Kentucky is getting this kid. He like he's this kid's committing. I'm like, who? Bryce Hopkins? Like assuming that it was the guy that we were just, you know, talking about. He was like, no, Nolan Hickman, a four-star kid. And so I I had never heard of this kid either. I had no idea who he was. Friday afternoon, and I heard that that, that a commitment was coming within the next couple days at that point. And it was just like, where did this even come from? How how did Kentucky keep this under wraps? How did this kid keep it under wraps? I mean, it was I mean, it was brilliant on on all fronts. I mean, they did a, a hell of a job keeping things under wraps. He didn't go on Twitter. He didn't go on Instagram saying, blessed to receive an offer from Kentucky and get 3,000 extra followers just because of, you know, Kentucky fans. This was a kid that just appreciated the the offer that he got extended to him and wanted to capitalize on it with a commitment. I mean, that's like yeah, that. that's awesome, man. I, I really, really respect how he went about it. Those are rare, rare kids to find nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cal was even sort of shouting him out non-directly on Twitter. I think last night during the Heat game, he – did you all see this? He tweeted about Bam and Tyler Hero coming in as not necessarily the class's highest-ranked players, but they were, you know, excited to go to school here. They worked really hard, and now they're killing it on a, on a pretty good NBA team. And so I don't think I would have read anything into it otherwise, but just because, you know, this, this commitment had just been announced – we just saw like, oh, it's a four star, which is Kentucky fans always kind of like freak out a little bit about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was Cal's way of sort of being like, look, these guys came in not, you know, as a top five player. Uh, I don't think Tyler Hero was even originally supposed to, you know, be projected as a one and done type not. of guy. And so like overall, I think. Right. And, and so, you know, and I'm sure he'll tweet something similar about Shea Gilgis-Alexander and, and several other of those guys that have come through the program in the last couple of years that are killing it in the NBA right now. And, and I thought that was sort of interesting that he decided to post that right after this Nolan Hickman announcement where everyone was kind of like, huh, where did this come from? <laughs> so and I like that. And I will say he's underrated right now, but he is supposed to be – I mean, there, there are rumors behind the scenes that this kid – if there was an EYBL season, he would have been the number one point guard in, in high school basketball. That he was, th- th- I mean, the reason why he's at 30 right now instead on 24 7 instead of 70, like on Rivals, is because he's trending upward, not the other way, like we saw with like Cameron Fletcher and some of those other guys that kind of just slowly kind of trickled down the rankings. This is a kid that was, that's still, I mean, if, if there is a high school basketball season, he's supposed to be, you know, he's, I mean, they're expecting a, a huge breakout season for him. I talked to his coach last night. He said, um, he's like a, a, a mold. I, I, I was like, man, if there's, if there's a player comp for him, I'm just dying to know what you think. I look at him and I think six foot two, Tyler, Tyler Ulis. He said, yeah, but he has like, you know, the defense, like the defensive length of Rajon Rondo. I was like, so you're saying he's like a mix of Tyler Ulis and Rajon Rondo? And he was like, yeah, you know, kind of that that two-way, you know, long but still, you know, super quick like like Rondo was. And, you know, he was like, but he's a better shooter than both of them. No disrespect to either, but he he has a better jump shot than both of them. So that was the description that, that he, he gave. Uh, yeah, than, better than Rondo, which is really shocking. I mean, I know, I know Rondo is just an expert shooter, Ray Allen of sorts. So, so to be to be better than him is definitely a a, a positive for sure. <laughs> give, uh, give Calipari some some props here over the last. This is where I think we're going to start seeing Kenny Payne's uh, impact felt because 
the player development over the last five years or whatever, I think has been really impressive, especially when you look at the fact that Cal isn't, he's taking guys like Shea and Tyler and Bam and turning them from, you know, they're still five-star players, but they're turning them into late lottery picks that end up being all-star players as a part of Yeah, not just good players, stars. Yeah, so I'm interested to see, I obviously don't know anything about this Nolan Hickman kid, but I like the fact that he's been quiet about it. He's rising up in the rankings. The past the five years, track record shows us that Cal Perry takes those guys and he turns them into mid-late lottery picks and they end up having really great careers in the NBA, or early on at least. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this guy, uh, how he pans out there. Me too, and I definitely think he's at a disadvantage because of coronavirus and the fact that we haven't seen him play recently. I mean, like Jack said, so many of those circuits and AAU tournaments were canceled. I think there's some going on now, but I'm not – I mean, Jack, you would probably know more than I would, but I don't know if there's any that he could compete in at this point. I don't even know what his high school plans look like, like if their state will be playing. Uh, that's, you know, something that I think will be interesting to watch too, just to see – if his you know, number does sort of change over the next couple of months, but he has been at a disadvantage because he wasn't able to compete in this particular summer, which has historically been a huge summer for basketball recruiting. That's when we see players make a big jump. That's when we see players typically get these big name recruitments and, and commitments eventually. And so he is at a disadvantage that he didn't have that. So I do think that's something to keep in mind as well. I think it helps Kentucky in that aspect too. Right, because they can kind of sneak in under the radar before everyone else sees them. And, and that goes back to, you know, he had that great 36-point game. Was that last summer? It was February, just so February. Right, right before right. August. So, I mean, imagine if he hadn't had that game then and, and the Kentucky staff hadn't even seen him. That game, that yeah. one game could have honestly changed the trajectory of his life or of at least his collegiate career that will hopefully affect his future NBA career. So, it's yeah. crazy how, how that kind of stuff happens. And I will say, he, his, his coach said because of all of this stuff going on, because he didn't get that opportunity, and, you know, everybody on the team, I mean, not just Nolan Hickman, everybody else on his high school program, they're looking for college offers. They're trying to take that next step too. So to combat that, he scheduled one of the, like, hardest high school schedules in, in America. He's playing – uh, Sunrise Christian, who is th their star point guard, is Kennedy Chandler, who just picked Tennessee over Kentucky. We broadcast his play-by-play -play commitment, and it was like the most painful thing on the planet last week. Um, yeah. I guess it was two weeks ago at this point. Again, time's like irrelevant for us. Whatever, whenever it was, he's going to be taking on Kennedy Chandler, head you know one-on-one. -on -one, so that's going to be a, a big one. They're playing Oak Hill. They're playing Montverde. You know, they're 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 playing a national powerhouse schedule to, you know, hopefully give Nolan Hickman and, and his teammates a national stage to boost up in the rankings. So, I mean, the, the proof's going to be in the pudding here in the next couple months. If high school basketball is played, he's going to have the opportunity to go heads up with Kennedy Chandler, who is the number one point guard in America. And we'll see, we'll, we'll see who's best. We'll see. The proof will be in the pudding, Jack. You're so you surprised. Yep. That was such a cute old man saying. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into some bubble talk because we've done this almost every week. It's one of my favorite things we talk about. I know all of us have been really into the bubble for the past couple of weeks, but Jack especially. In fact, he told us before we started recording today that he's probably watching like 10 hours of basketball a day. Is that right? Zach, what? Zach. 
Yeah, you said Jack. You said Jack's been watching ten hours. I probably watching. I, I'm probably watching a solid two games a day, maybe three. Right. I definitely meant Zach. I'm not trying to let Jack talk anymore. We need to give you a break. We're moving things over to Zach. <laughs> that sounds good, though. I mean, it's over here putting me to sleep. In a good way. <laughs> but yeah, ten hours a day for probably the last three weeks. It's been. I mean, are you exhausted? Like I was telling you all before we started hitting the record button, I was. So happy that that Lakers game last night was a blowout, and I could turn it off by the middle of the third quarter. That was I got to see LeBron shoot a forty-foot jump shot, and once it went in, I was like, "All right, this one's over." So that was nice to have that. And now today, since the sweeps are happening, games are kind of coming a little bit more few and far between. So I've almost gotten a little tired of it. But all that content, all that delicious content, has been so good. A little tired of it. Zachy boy, who's the biggest NBA fan on the planet, is tired of high stakes, incredible basketball. Get out of here. Watching it on his three TVs next to well, each only, other. They're only they're one at a time. They're successive games, so I can't even take advantage of the three. It's only one TV. So I'm literally staring at the one same game on all three screens. Yeah. I could have I could have the rail cam. Or you can be the fan cam with Michelob Ultra. Why are you not involved with that? You could be at every single game and just with sporting a KSR shirt cheering. Ticket to get in. Does it cost money? Oh, I'm guaranteed it costs money. Huh. We should look into that. That should be a. Uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of the people who are able to do that are have some sort of relation to the team. Yeah. Well, if you look, sometimes they'll, they'll like zoom in on like like yesterday for the Lakers game. They had Elgin Baylor on there. Like every game seems to have one. The fifty bucks. Huh. I bet he paid like the fifty buck, you know. Oh, I'm sure they're like, yeah, sure, sit, sit wherever you want. <laughs> Put it right there in the front. Bro, row. Yeah. Best seat in the house. Somebody showed some, more than a macro ticket. Somebody showed a a a picture of what it looks like from that. It's literally like if there was the screen we have right now. If there was an NBA game being played, that's, that's literally what it is. You're you're there, yeah. that there's nothing yeah. so about it whatsoever. Well, KSR's own Chris Tomlin. Was there? Yeah, there you go. He was for there the for, game. for the Which Mavs game. That was a beautiful basketball game. The Mavs. Oh yeah. Oh, that was like, art. Ooh. That was art in motion, man. I've already. You all. I. I I'm at a loss of words with Luka Doncic. I mean, I. Obviously, I called it. To- oh, here we go. I knew Zach was going to want to talk about this. Zach wrote an article for a different sports blog before. Cheater. Look, Cheater. The article barely even counts as relevant because it wasn't for us. It wasn't just that one article. I was very, very adamant. I could have done Vlade Divac's job better in Sacramento than he did it. I'm well, anybody could. Anybody oh, that's going to watch basketball. Jeff, and, I'd, and I'd have a job. Well, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. I mean – Jack, you you said that you uh, didn't believe in him at the beginning. So what? what no, what? I didn't. Okay, but when there are reports, what are you talking about? When there are no, I'm saying like hell no, I didn't believe in him. Like I wholeheartedly agree, I did not believe in him. Oh, when yeah. there are, when there are reports that the dude was too bored to play in the number two league in in the world before it, it's like okay, come on now. And you like watch his highlights. He is the most average athletic, like you know, average athleticism. <laughs> like little vertical not the best shooter on the planet like i mean you look at him he looks like the epitome of average you watch him play and he is just like he's like the most music player art. i mean it's like an art piece watching him play basketball is like an art piece he's, he's the most skilled player we've seen since lebron 
I mean, I'm telling I'm, I genuinely IQ and just he does things that 21 year olds have never done. I've never seen happen in basketball. I mean, did you see Maria Taylor post like, oh, you know, this is what Luca's doing when he's 21. What were you doing when you were 21? And all the replies were just like, um, I was hammered and passed out in Taco yeah. Bell. <laughs> you, you. Behind the back, cross court passes right on the numbers for a wide open three for Maxi Kleber, a guy that probably wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for Luka Doncic. Facts. Good point. It's a good point. Yeah, hit Luca, big, big, big Luca fan. Yeah, I'll talk him. I'll, I even dedicated a, a BBN, BBNBA portion to just to Luca, just to talk him up. Yeah, he, he earns everything. I mean, think of that shot and and the balls it takes to to take that shot at that moment in the playoffs and just just so gracefully like yep i'm gonna take the shot right now and i'm gonna hit it like there isn't a hand right here in my face like reggie jackson's hand your boy doc rivers didn't do a good job of uh putting the proper matchup on there and leaving reggie jackson out there to die on an island your boy doc rivers because my boy is brad stevens he is a past tense celtics figure I'm, this, is a, Brad, this, this is a bright – of course we did. Did you think anything anything different? Yeah, forget the process. Brett Brown's gone. See ya. RIP the process. Yeah, we're, we're the reason Brett, uh, Brett Brown is a goner. Well, the process worked until the other people started coming in and screwing it up. Mm-hmm. Like Elton Brand and whatever. But that's a whole different – Like Kylie Jenner. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, I got to ask you guys, one of the early rumored favorites, I mean, I know Ty Lue is like the rumored favorite. Yeah, Greg Popovich. But, no, that's for, the, that's for the Nets. Yeah. I'm talking about the Sixers. One of the early favorites is Jay Wright at Villanova. Would that not be Ooh. a, like, complete shakeup to college basketball, the Villanova, yeah. you know, their little – I saw that. Favorite. I saw that and was kind of like, hmm – I think I his know. wife. I think I like is, it. I think his wife is from Philly. I mean, yeah. Has he said area. anything about it? Uh, he said behind the scenes, like you know, Jawan Howard at at Michigan got publicly, right. like Woj named him publicly as a as an option for these jobs. He released a very public statement. I mean, a full like paragraph. A full graphic. I am not dedicated. even just a statement. Like he was, he hit up his graphics department and was like, let's get this rolling. Let's make it look nice. And let's tweet it today because yeah. Woj is out here throwing his name out already. <laughs> there was a specific national report, no names, uh, but he is egregiously putting me in a job that I'm not, not considering at all. Or, not and he said, I'm not even listening. He said, yeah. I'm not even listening. Get out of here. Get out of here. If, if, Woj is working with Juwan Howard and trying to get him a raise. That's also true. But Juwan Howard had a horrible first year at Michigan. He does not deserve a raise right now. It, if Woj is tweeting that you are interested in a job, you might not know it yet, but you're interested in that job. If Woj said to me, Jack is leaving Jack is leaving KSR for this whatever other job, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll pack my bags then. Like, Woj knows, that, Woj knows things before the people that are actually involved. So true. So – Jay Wright, I think it would be a very interesting fit and to get him out of college basketball. Billy Donovan vibes. Yeah, it, it does yeah. kind of have that, that same, okay, we ran our little mini dynasty at the college level. 
what else can I do? His wife is, I believe, a Philly native, and he's, I mean, he's in that area right now at Villanova. So see that working. It, it makes Billy sense. It makes a lot of sense. Coach of the year. Yeah. St. Jay writes as good as Billy Donovan, but pretty damn good coach. Yeah. We will, we shall see. We yeah. shall see. And Billy Donovan's one of the few college coaches who I think has successfully made that jump. And yeah. so, I mean, if they were kind of comparable on the collegiate level, I do wonder if that means that it would be comparable on the NBA level as well. I mean, there's a lot of college coaches who didn't make it work in the pros. Yeah. There's a few, you know, from the state of Kentucky. Um, so, track a lot. Producing those pros, too. You know, that Florida team had, what, five in the starting lineup. Corey Brewer, Al Horford, yeah. Joking Noah. I mean, that squad was – That squad was right. You know, he's had he – had, he was there when Kyle Lowry was playing, right? Um, I – Thing, I think so, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Then you got you got guys like him, and then he produced all the other pros from recently. You know, uh, Jalen Brunson and uh, Eric Pascal, right? He went to Villanova, didn't he? Josh Hart, Josh yeah, Hart, all, yeah. These, all these studs. So I mean, he's a guy that proves he can he can make NBA talent. So it's just if it carries over, I'd be interested to see that. Actually, I'm more interested in the Greg po- Greg Popovich to the Nets rumors. Those that are, those that are would be that would be huge, and, and, and it's not like something that. You know, if if it was any other Nets team that didn't have KD and Kyrie Irving alongside, you know, the the, the other talented guy, you know, Karis LeVert, you know, the other talent they have on that roster moving forward. If it were any other roster, he'd probably be like, nah, I'm staying with with where I am, especially not giving up the legacy of my long term status in, in San Antonio. But looking at what they could potentially be, I mean, if you were in his shoes, would you turn that down? Or would you even not even explore that option? That was no. I'd retire at that point. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think he People understands. love him. What is the point? Yeah. This, he this already is- has an amazing legacy. He's not trying yeah. to redeem himself. He doesn't need to prove himself. I mean, maybe it would be a new challenge for him if he's someone who's always trying to, you know, like do so- something different and, and face a new obstacle and climb a new mountain, whatever. But – Personally, that's not the mindset I would have. Yeah, that would that would really shock me if he did that. Could be an opportunity to coach one of the best players of all time. And, yeah. and well, it's, it's not like when KD went to the Golden State, you know, to go win titles. Popovich already has five titles. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think about. And he has Keldon Johnson, so I don't know why he'd want to leave Keldon. Why would he leave Keldon Johnson for Kevin Durant? Get out of here! So he dumb. Reevaluate his priorities. Coop. Kyrie Irving, get out of here. Greg Popovich does not seem like the person to do that. He's the very last head coach I would expect to do something like that of the 30 in the NBA right now. They're making a run, though. It's, a, it's at least worth noting that they are they oh, are yeah, interested. Yeah. Give, them, give them 10 million a year if you have to. Yeah. You can't, you can't not if you're in, in Brooklyn's shoes, but I just don't know if, if you're Pop, if you – Oh, yeah. I mean, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm, I'm pulling out all the stops. I'm offering him anything I can in my contract. I'm begging him to come. I just don't know if he needs that. Mm-hmm. Got a question for you all. Yes. I'm going to answer for you. Um, favorite player to watch in the bubble right now? Can, Kentucky and then non-Kentucky. Ooh. Um, my favorite player to watch in the bubble right now – is none other than Jason Tatum um, because he's amazing. And well, aside, aside from bias, why, why do you love Jason Tatum? Well, because he is establishing himself right now as a true two-way player, which is something that we've been waiting to see out of him. You know, we've always known that he could be a 20, 25-plus point-per-game score, but I've been really waiting to see what he could be 
with his true, I mean, he, at true six foot nine, six foot ten, long wingspan, big shoulders. Like he could have a really dynamic, de- you know, he could be a dynamic threat on the defensive end of the floor. We hadn't seen that yet. You know, we've seen flashes, but not true, consistent defensive effort out of him. And he's been showing that in the bubble so far. And it is, uh, it has led to an early sweep from, you know, over Philly. And we'll see how things go against the Toronto Raptors. But I, I'm starting to very slowly favor that matchup, especially considering uh, Kyle Lowry might be, you know, missed sometime. So then is Enos Cantor by default your favorite Kentucky player? Oh God, no. Oh God. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love, I love Enos, but Oh yeah. Sometimes he's, he's painful to watch for sure. I mean, he's, he has his spurts, but he's for the most part. No, he's definitely not my Kentucky, favorite Kentucky guy. Um, I would say probably man watching Bam last night and watching him kind of slowly turn into like a true point forward, like point center, whatever the hell he is. I mean, I, I mean, that's he in terms of fun factor. I know he, you know, he has five, six point per game nights every once in a while. But just in terms of pure entertainment value from former Kentucky guys right now, you got I, I personally would go with Bam. Interesting. Maggie, thoughts? Yes, for my Kentucky guy, I would say Shea Gilgis Alexander. I loved him when he was at Kentucky. I loved you know, how he was on the court, sort of his rise as the backup and then overtaking, obviously, Quad A, you know, by definitely by second semester, spurts of first semester, too. Um, and plus, he was always so fun to cover. I mean, he was great with the media. He had a good personality. He was always super nice to us. So I've always just sort of rooted for him. Um, and then to see that he's done something kind of similar in the NBA has been really fun to watch. I mean, he went to a team that we thought, you know, he could be there for a while. And then when he got traded to the Thunder, at first I was a little worried. Um, but then the more you think about it, that's another place where he fits in. He works well with the rest of the team and they need him. He's able to contribute. I mean, what's he averaging, right? I swear he plays most of the game, right? He played, they had an overtime. He like 40, 41 minutes last night. Yeah, 41 or 43 last night and then in the overtime game in game three he played 48 of the 53 minutes yeah I mean he's just out there grinding I mean he looks great I think he's looked really good especially all really all season especially starting like February but in the bubble I think he's really sort of like gotten more attention nationally too which I think is it's fun to see for a Kentucky guy obviously we're used to seeing that with Anthony Davis and some of those other big names but I think that Shea is going to surprise a lot of people in the next couple of years. So I've really enjoyed watching his sort of progress, especially how he's been able to stand out in the bubble. And then this might be recency bias, but how do you not say Luca? I mean, he's got to be just the best player overall to watch in the bubble. I mean, the moments he's had, especially the other night, I mean, we mentioned the one shot that he hit, but if you watch that entire like last minute of overtime he hit like three shots that really shouldn't have gone in I mean Jack talked about just like the guts he had to go in and take that shot but it really he I mean it was pretty gutsy for multiple of those shots that he took right I'm not (laughs) I said guts anyway he had a great I mean he's had several amazing games but it's hard for me to to look past what he did in his most recent performance and say that anyone else could be more fun to watch. I mean, he has just been spectacular. Yeah. No, Zach, say Jamal Murray. Luke, yeah. Well, Luca and LeBron <laughs> have easily been the two best players in the bubble right now, or they are the two best players in the bubble right now. And I don't think it's particularly close, but right. yes, my favorite Kentucky player to watch right now has okay. to be, well, I'll, I'll give two. It's probably Jamal Murray and Tyler Hero. 
uh, Tyler Hero because I'm incredibly impressed with the confidence that that kid plays with. He, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because he did the exact same thing when he was a senior in high school and then a freshman at UK. But, I'm not surprised at all by that guy's confidence. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's, actually going to, he's going to be a huge contributor for that team the farther they go in the playoffs. And he, he could be a person or a player that, you know, can win them a game in a, in a conference finals or something like that with big shots. Cause they play him down the stretch right now. His defense is still a little shaky, but you know, they, they trust him to be aggressive on offense. And even if it's a two point game with a minute left, he's going to the rack and he's going to try and get off a good shot. So that's been impressive. Jamal Murray, obviously he's been frustrating to watch because like in game one, he had 36 in the next two games, he had like 26 combined. And then uh, game four, he pops off for 50 and they still lose. So Ball. It's, annoying. it's annoying to watch that, but it was unreal to watch him and Donovan Mitchell go back and forth. And that's yeah. why what I'm about to say is probably going to upset some of you, but I think Donovan Mitchell is probably my favorite non-UK player to watch right now. That doesn't upset me. I like Donovan Mitchell. I know he went to the UofL. I think he's fun to watch. He's a great player. Watching him and Murray go back and forth, you're right, has been incredible. Really? I've loved watching those two guys face off in the bubble and yeah I, I can't give you a hard time about that Mitchell's he's he's probably the most unguardable player I, probably aside from Luca in terms of just getting straight to the basket whenever he wants there's not especially for the Nuggets poor Torrey Craig is a good defender and he can't do anything like these pick and rolls with Rudy Gobert just destroying poor Nikola Jokic's cement feet in the who's he's stuck <laughs> in the free throw line by the time Donovan's already laying it up a you don't got much lateral lateral quickness yeah it's unreal yeah. what Donovan Mitchell has done because he he went from you know the off like this little off season the truncated off season we had he went from a inefficient chucker to a guy that is now leading this team against the three-seeded Nuggets and they're they're going to win they're they're just so much better than this Nuggets team right now it's not even fair so, and even after, you know, Murray, Murray scored 50 and they lost. And the only reason Nuggets won game one was because it went to overtime and they barely snuck away with that one. So, big Donovan Mitchell fan right now, unfortunately. I hated him about a month ago, but it's unreal how, how much better he looks now. And it's just fun watching those two guys both go off on different nights. I mean, it's crazy that they have both hit 50 points against each other in the bubble. That's, I mean... History it's that, hard for me to exact like to 100% say that's been my favorite series to watch especially because Murray was really frustrating in those two games but it's been a really good series yeah, yeah. I wish it I wish it were 2-2 instead of 3-1 right now I, I yeah. it kind of breaks my heart that it could end tonight you know yeah I agree I, I want that to go to seven I think this Utah team is just really good right now and Donovan I don't think Donovan Mitchell is unless he has an off night which he just he hasn't really had yet so and even when he does, Rudy Gobert man just put up like twenty and fifteen, and I don't even think Rudy Gobert's that good yeah. relative to not offensively. He's set two with a freakish wingspan, and he just does antibodies. It's the antibodies. <laughs> yeah. <But>. So <laughs> all right, happy. do we want to wrap this up with a little pit and peak action, as per usual? Yeah. Anyone have anything they want to say right off the bat? I'll just say my peaks. Okay, they- positivity. We love that. Look at you, Zach. Oh. You're growing up right Zach before our very so, Zach is being so optimistic. Get into my my lows after that, my pits after that, but my peaks were have been the the endless amounts of game winning jump shots and just all the all the beauty that has been the bubble. Even though I was complaining earlier about having to stay up, and I was 
I was happy I didn't have to watch a 30-point blowout. It's, it's a lot better when you're watching uh, tight games all day long as opposed to 30-point blowouts. And most of these series have been really good. So that's my peak. I'll stick. It's been my peak the last three weeks, and I'll stick with it. Respect. I like it. Jack? You didn't give a pit. Eh, I don't think you want my pit. Ooh, why not? Well, my pit's... I'll, I'll, I'll Death and despair, well. destruction. Well, a black man got shot in the back seven times yesterday, or two days ago. So that was a little upsetting uh, to see all that happen again. And now you've got the whole NBA bubble thing where they all these players have gone down there to promote all the social justice, injustice and everything. And George Hill even came out yesterday and was like, we shouldn't be down here. Like, we're taking away from the focus. I even said at the very beginning of this, I said, I don't think they're going to be able to contribute uh, in the way that the players feel that they can while they're down in the bubble. And that's becoming very obviously clear right now. So for me, it's uh, kind of making my blood boil that I can't do anything, the players can't do anything, and it doesn't seem like anything else is going to be done. So without going too much into it, that's part of, that's my peak or pit. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I agree, man. That's, frustrating um i will say um my peak probably i mean i think that luca shot was like the highlight of my nba like just this whole basket like last year of basketball is probably the best individual moment i've seen and like the most excited i've gotten at any individual sporting event um so describe exactly how excited can't do that uh you guys have the uh, uh the text message evidence but pretty fairly excited um <laughs> yeah, that's insider info sorry uh, yeah uh, but yeah it was, it was just you know exciting to get a moment like that where it kind of felt like that march madness vibe you know where it was like wow this is what we missed in march this is this feeling that we got of holy crap game winner you know same thing that we got with devin booker and his shot but this is you know a playoff game you know against you know yeah there you go against a team like the Clipper. Well, same thing that happened with – man, Kawhi just – they just get – Stuck on these game winners, man. Yeah, man. Jeez, I just I just realized that. But, yeah, it's – it, it, week. Paul George, man. We haven't even talked about Paul George. Pitt, we haven't even talked about playoff P. My pit is playoff PP, Paul George. <laughs> playoff Paddington. That's playoff poo-poo. Play, dude. Oh, so Paul George. Okay, Zach, I proposed this to you via text message. Who are you taking to lead your franchise right this second moving forward, Jalen Brown or Paul George? Truthfully, yeah, it's. I mean, Paul Paul George is still the better player, but how? But when you know that you okay, forget what you get during the regular season. When you know that during the playoffs, as we've seen two years in a row now, maybe even more than that. I'm I'm just thinking. Well, his Indiana days, he was he was pretty good in some of those Heat series. Right. Right recently leading your team moving forward Jalen Brown's putting up 25 freaking points a game 20 plus point per game score efficient doing it on both ends of the floor you know what you're going to get out of him every single night you step on the floor you have no idea what you're going to get out of Paul George every single game no clue I I have never seen Jalen Brown take over a game by himself and score 40 points that's the only reason that I will pick Paul George and I still think his defense is better but give me another two years, and I'm going to pick Jalen Brown because I think Jalen Brown is a future all-star. True. Probably next year. Anywho. Pet? Yeah, that was, I love George. He sucks, man. He does yeah. suck. Yeah. But I still <laughs> think. That, that was my pit, yeah. 
And I like that his comment, I don't know when he made it, but he said something like, if I had just shot a little better, this whole series would be different. Well, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> Obviously, if you score point. more points, your yeah. team could win. I had played better. Would be different. better. We would have done better. Oh, that was okay. like when he said that Dame shot was a bad shot last year. It was yeah. the equivalent to that. It was like – That makes me cringe. As he's pulling up from half court when he's, you know, doing 360 dunks in the middle of games and all that stuff in his pacer days. Like, he turned dude. off comments on his uh, most recent Instagram posts. Also, why are you reading the comments? You're 30 years old. You have how many followers? Stop I reading mean, your own I comments. Would never, I would never – I don't – I have like 600 followers, and I don't read anything that people post on my KSR articles. I know, but I do send them to you because sometimes it's funny. Yeah, yesterday's were pretty pretty interesting. That's also part of my pit there as well as having to read some of the responses that I get uh, for trying to promote social justice. That is a pit for all of us, I think. What are your pits and pits? Go on, Maggie. Well, I'll start low and end high. So my pit would be my little sister went off to college this weekend. Uh, yeah, Eleanor. I know. I miss yeah. her a lot. Um, you know, I know where she's where she's supposed to be. She's at center. She's in quarantine right now still because they tested all of them and they can't leave their dorm rooms until their whole floor gets negative test results back so fingers crossed that everyone does otherwise even if she's negative she won't be leaving her dorm for two weeks so fingers right. crossed for her you got a nice um, do what is the dorm nice no that's why that's it's a community bathroom it's you uh, know a kind of a traditional old style dorm just the two beds with like six inches in between them and that's about it so that's why really if like one person on the floor gets it they're all quarantined Center's like 40 grand a year right i don't know it, it's something like that I mean, hmm, you think they could afford better this okay. it's only for the freshmen yeah. it's only for the freshmen have the bad dorms and then i think they all get you know a lot nicer after that but okay. anyway that's my pitch i had to say goodbye to her and it was so sad and they're doing their own little bubbles you know it's not as not as nice as the nba's bubble they're not letting them go fish in the disney lakes or anything like that but they're not really supposed to leave campus at all no one's supposed to go visit them so like. unless something happens and she gets sent home i will not see her till thanksgiving so that's a big hit oh. for me i know but my peak you know obviously i could say the nba games but you all have both already said that so i'll be original and i'll say i just started watching a new show on apple tv which i didn't know i had um, but I do apparently. I didn't know either. So, what? I didn't know I had it either. I did the same thing. Well, my sister got a computer for college, and I guess you get it a free year of it or whatever after you yeah, buy a new laptop. So actually, when I haven't used it, but I got two years free just when I bought my computer. See, yeah. So you all should use it to watch this show called The Morning Show. It's Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. Been there, done that. Watch the whole thing. Fire. Ah, well, stop. Don't say anything because I just started Super it. I'm on episode five. I really liked it. It's my peak for this week. That's non-sports related. Can I give you a uh, just having a new show to watch and realizing I had Apple TV. I want to spoil. Can I spoil the whole show for you right no, now? No, I will literally leave the Zoom call. I will mute you. <laughs> uh, it, it's a fire show. Very, very good. I show. know. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's pretty good. Fire. It's uh, about the, you know the news business, and it's a huge takeoff of like the Today Show and Matt Lauer, and even a little bit of like Regis and Kelly. And it's interesting, like how they're they're making it pretty similar to a lot of the events that really happen and still making it, you know, dramatic and, and non, you know, a little more fictional too. Uh, but it's been really you get good. The part where she dies. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nobody dies. Not funny. In this season. Not hey, funny. actually, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to pick Dex's brain for one second before we finish things up here. Yeah. Uh, good luck. 
I, I hope it works for you. Got some dandruff. How's that supposed to mean? Um, I think, I, I don't know if I posed the question to both of you or if it was just Maggie, but the men's basketball team was at Tony's the other day, correct? Jeff Ruby's, I think. I think it was Jeff Ruby's. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the bubble? Yeah. Yeah, there have been some uh, – some. Uh, this is the gold standard of bubbles, I've been told. I've been told that, too. And I'm not sure if you all listened to the actual KS radio show. I know <laughs> we didn't know what the R stood for earlier. But someone called into this show, I think, Monday, saying he ran into one of the players on a basketball court somewhere in Lexington. And I was like – Yeah, oh. there have been some, uh, some not-so-great – you know, kind of behind the scenes scuttlebutt that that it's that the super tight closed bubble isn't what the coaching staff kind of publicly makes it out to be. I am shocked. <gasps> yeah. What? Zach, I was Zach. You know how much I, you know how much I was hyping up that bubble for a while now, and I was just as disappointed as you were to find out uh, the the negative that it, yeah it I. I don't think it's as bad as I mean. I still think they try to. I mean, it's it's still it's as much as they. But hearing stuff like that because I I have also heard like other random students be like, oh, I just saw Terrence Clark walking down the street. Why is Terrence Clark out? And I'm like, I don't know. Out. Yeah. Out. That's I tell you should not be out. But things like that, if if they call Jeff Ruby's and say, hey, close this place off for you know, two hours at 8 p.m. or whatever, we're, yeah. we're reserving the back room. And, and I'm sure it was perfectly fine. Be, that, yeah, that doesn't bother me. The Jeff Ruby's picture really didn't bother me. And I know a lot of people also commented, like, where are the masks? Where are the so- – yeah, well, I'm sorry. If they're in this bubble together, quarantining together, whether or not we're going to call it the gold standard of bubbles anymore, whatever, they don't need to wear masks around each other. Yeah, when they, when they all live together, the masks at that point are pointless. And I guess the Jeff Ruby's thing, you know, like I'm sure they called ahead and I guarantee that place was cleaned and it was sanitary and sterile enough for them to all sit there. But by themselves, yeah. Concept of, you know, that we've essentially we've been lied to because it's not a bubble. We've been bamboozled. Been bambubbled. Yeah. You know, Cal talking about, oh, well, we had. That was so funny. Don't move on from that. He said bambuzzled and that was funny. We need to. (laughs) Bamboozled, bambuzzled. My greatness. Yeah. Good job. But Cal talking about, oh, well, we have a personal chef on site that brings them boxed meals. And his name is door. Jeff Ruby. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, okay, yeah, but. Like, I don't have a with them all. going to Jeff Ruby's and stuff, but just don't lie to us. Don't don't very openly lie to us and say that you have this perfect gold standard bubble when it's very clear that you don't. So that's the stuff I don't like to see during a pandemic is being lied to by the one man that I feel like I can trust in college basketball. <laughs> or just the one man I feel like I can trust in general. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't trust a college basketball coach in the first place, even if it is my own, but. Or a man. Don't trust anyone. Trust only yourself and maybe not even that. That's... Just trust the max. Yeah. Trust you can trust me. Like, you can trust me. Maggie, I hope I can trust you, but I think, I think this could be a little trust tree. Little trust, tree. little trust tree. That's cute. The max, trust so tree. trustworthy. The max trust tree. Oh, that's really cute. Well, well this has been a good episode, guys. Do we want to wrap things up? We yeah, feel good. See you. All right. Well, thanks for trusting us and listening to another episode of the Max 
We had fun as always. We'll be back next week with, uh, you know, more bamboozlement probably. Have a good one.